Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, My First Season. Today's guest is a very special. We never got the chance to work together in uh, Club Med before, but he's one of those names and guys you've always heard about, but never got the chance to, to work with. However, we did meet at XGO Reunion in Cancun in 2008. He is from uh, Ottawa, Ontario. His first season was in 1997 as an au pair in March of that year. We'll ask how he became an, an au pair for his first season. His first full contract was in 98 99 Eleuthera, and we're going to get into that too. So without further ado, please give a warm welcome to Mr. Jason Reed. How are you, Jason? I'm good. And you, Greg? Good. Thank you again for coming on the show. My pleasure. So happy you are here, sir. So like I said, heard about you for years. So it was nice to finally meet you back in uh, Mexico. Too bad it wasn't in a season. <laughs> yeah, I think we would have had a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We would have. So uh, I don't know if you know how the show goes. So basically I'm asking your origin story, how you got to Club Med. Were you going to school at the time? Were you working? Uh, what? How did you get to Club Med? What were you doing? Were you in Ottawa at the time? Uh, yeah, I was in Ottawa attending uh, Algonquin College. I took a recreation facilities management two-year diploma program. And a friend of mine was in the recreation leisure program. And she had been to Club Med as a child with her parents and knew all about Club Med and told us that she was doing her final placement in Club Med. I said to her, I'm like, well, what's Club Med? Being from Ottawa, I never heard of Club Med. And you never went there yourself or any, did you go no. to any, any resorts when you were younger or anything? Uh, no, I did not. Well, we had, I wouldn't say resorts, but we went to like places like Canada Wonderland and amusement parks and stuff like that, right? Yeah, okay. stayed pretty much in the province of Ontario. So yeah, she was explaining to me what Club Med was and saying it was resorts on beaches and all these different activities from sailing to archery. And But did you understand it? Because when it was explained to me before, you know, I met a hairdresser, who, but I didn't really get what he was saying because I'd never been on vacation. I've never been to Club Med. You know, I didn't fully understand. So did you fully grasp it? And if you, if you did, you're smarter than me because I didn't, no, I didn't. understand was, uh... a word that he was saying. <laughs> But animation. No, I was about nineteen. Sorry. Yeah, because he would say, "Oh, we put cows in the guest room as a joke. We sawed a hole in the in the in the center of the of the stage to make a practical joke." I mean, obviously, I I found out later on he was an animator, but I didn't understand fully. <laughs> so I was just curious if you got it right away. No, I didn't get it right away because, like I said, I've never been, and she didn't really explain all the extracurricular activities. Um, cause she was there as a guest, right? Did she, did so, she explain the hour, the hours you'd have to work? <laughs> uh, no, actually my coordinator did. Cause originally I was supposed to do a six week placement, but I could only get a three week placement. So and, do they, so do they do the, um, job securing for you or did you yourself physically have to apply or did the school Algonquin college do it through club men? Actually it was myself. Oh. I got the number from my, uh, classmate that was going and i called in i uh talked to jane smith is this in sandpiper uh i don't know where she was located maybe oh. miami at the time or oh, where okay. she could have been in sandpiper but it was florida though definitely yeah definitely florida and uh i was on the phone with her for a couple of days and finally my coordinator of my program said no you'll get enough hours in those three weeks he goes i know i've been <laughs> in the med yeah, I know that you'll get enough hours. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a sec. Uh, so did you say what you wanted to do or, or you didn't really have a choice? They were going to place you where they thought fit. Uh, I didn't have a choice because uh, the au pair program was working with the mini club. Okay, I got it. Had you worked with kids before? Uh, off and on. Uh, some of the programs that we created in uh, our program 
we reached out to the community centers and created a program for kids in the area. So I had experience doing after school programs and stuff like that. Did that prepare you for the club med mini club though? Cause I've seen, uh, no. I've seen some horror, horror, <laughs> horror stories, uh, you know, in various family villages that I worked at. So I, again, we would never do that job or your job because we're not, you know, we're not stupid. We, we know how hard you guys work. <laughs> I guess you have to deal with the occasional uh, rowdy kid, right. Or protective parent. I'm assuming all that comes with the territory, right. When you're in mini club. Uh, well, it's funny you say that. Cause like I said, the first time I was au pair. So I'm like, I get the little spiel about, you know, that's the, could be the first time parents are dropping their kids off and, always think that somebody's watching you right because you want to be make sure you're covered like you know, people can't say things about you right because it is with their kids yeah and it was funny because uh the the mom had dropped off her, her two daughters with me and another gentleman who was working that day so we take them to the pool and i don't know if you've ever been to watuko but they had a like a main pool that had like a waterfall edge and stairs that came down into another pool and we were in the lower part of the pool and the dad was actually up in a bush beside the main pool watching us. And thank God the kids couldn't see him or whatever, but the mom caught him and started yelling at him, like saying, what are you doing in the bush? <laughs> and, uh, he's like, well, who are these guys with our kids throwing them up in the air and stuff? And, you know, uh, it's two guys. I thought you said you were taking them to the mini club and, and we could hear all this, right? They are the geos. Leave them be. Get back into your lawn chair. Now, now the end to that yang, I'm sure you had parents that kind of like drop, drop, kick, and booted the kid and then didn't see them. Like, like you probably had the not so protective parents too, right? I guess. Exactly. On the right? flip that side of that been, coin. <laughs> yeah. You get the ones that have been there before and yeah, yeah. We're pros at it. They can come and go. Okay. See you later. Like, All right. So at what point during these three weeks, I guess the first week, did you, uh, so did you, even though you're au pair, I'm assuming you had to work the uh, same hours as everyone else? Yeah, exact same hours. Were you shocked there was no day off? Because this was 97. So the day offs hadn't started yet. So were you like, huh? Or uh, you, you, you heard about that? No, I heard about that. But uh, when I got there, I didn't know what to expect, right? Like I said, uh, it was the first time ever on a plane for me, first time away from home. Oh, wow. First time going to another country. The first couple of days, I was kind of in probably awe of it all. And uh, yeah, so it was just like, okay, you want me to do this? I'm only here for three weeks. No problem. Like, I'll sleep when I go back home, right? Like, it's not. So I guess really being there three weeks, you got it, probably got out of doing shows? Or did you <laughs> foolishly volunteer? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I wasn't part of the main shows, but I was part of like some of the animation shows before the shows. Okay. And so Watuko at the time was, I do believe 1200 guests was the capacity. Mm -hmm. And uh, the animation uh, director asked me to be part of their presentation for their geo team. I'm, and I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? He goes, well, our theme is mission impossible. I'm like, okay, but again, what do I have to do? Again, I'm a 19, 20-year-old kid, like, has no idea what's going on, and you want me in front of 1,200 people? I'm like, I want to know what I'm doing first. <laughs> which which movie is he referencing? <laughs> the first Tom Cruise movie? The second one? <laughs> Whatever one was out at the time. Okay. All right. And uh, so he goes, he explains to me, he's like, yeah, you're going to pretend to be this uh, rich uh, businessman and the uh, choreographer is going to come out, uh, pretend to spray something in your face. 
She's going to rip off your shirt and try to put floaties on you. Try to put what on you? Little swim floaties. That little oh, kid oh, okay. Okay. It's, it's, this is not any Tom Cruise movie I'm familiar with. Okay. Keep, <laughs> keep, keep going, please. <laughs> so the whole premise is because I'm a larger guy mm-hmm. um, that the floaties are not going to fit on my arms. Hence, Mission Impossible, right? Oh boy! Okay. <laughs> I guess animation in Club Med in '97 was <laughs> didn't, wasn't a, it was hit or miss, I guess. Right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, okay, whatever. I just had to sit there, right? But yeah. Okay, so uh, but did you? We probably had to do Rivals and Departures. Rivals and Departures, Village Village. Okay. Uh, entrance of the restaurant. Oh, Village Village. The job so nice they named it twice, as Joker likes to say. <laughs> okay. Did you like Village Village? <laughs> um, I liked it when it wasn't like at 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Did, and was it hard finding rooms like in the dark in that village? I'd never been, but I know it's big. So was it uh, the numbering system? Was it easy to follow or was it hard? No, the numbering system was actually very easy to follow. Oh, wow. That's rare. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So one side of the road was the lower numbers from 100 down. And then going on the right side of the road up into the mountain, it was the two and three hundreds. Okay. All right. So looking at your dates, so this is kind of interesting. You arrived in March, you did three weeks in Watuko 97, and then you told me your first contract was 98, 99. So what happened when you went home after your three weeks? Were you bit by the bug? Did you finish Algonquin College? What happened? So that's a a funny story too. I I left uh, Watuko to go home and write my exams. And I get back and having a conversation with my coordinator and he goes, so how did you like Club Med? I said, I loved it. They asked me to stay. And he goes, well, why did you come home? I said, well, I, have to, I had to write my exams. And he goes, uh, well, we could have faxed them to you and you could have faxed them back. Oh, are you serious? I'm like, you're, you're oh. telling me this now? God. <laughs> like, but, uh, so you could have written your exams and without an invigilator present is that what you're telling me <laughs> yeah exactly oh god okay uh all right so so i guess you wrote them and then you finished up that program i finished up the program graduated okay um i had the the club med bug okay um i worked in a restaurant for a couple of months and it wasn't for me so i left that job and I bugged Joe Moore, who replaced Jane Smith as the mini club recruiter. Mm-hmm. I bugged her, I want to say, for about three months straight. <laughs> oh, really? Were you uh, like calling or emailing? I was calling her like every other day. She would send me for a couple of stints as on another pair in Extapa. Okay. I went four times before I went to Eleuthera. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then I was bugging her after the last stint in uh, Extapa. I bugged her for like every other day for three months until she said, okay, you're going to Luther. Leave me alone. <laughs> when you were going au pair, they, did they at least pay for your plane ticket? A uh, plane ticket. And I even got a small, like back then it was the bar beat allowance. Oh, okay. Yeah. They gave us a, a, a small allowance of those and flight. Were you mini club in a Luther? Always mini club. Seven right. years. So, so you never wanted, okay. Seven years. So, so not, not once did you ever think about changing your job? Uh, there was a couple of times I thought about changing, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I love being around the kids. Cause I mean, I got to do all the activities during the day with the kids. So like I learned how to water ski, sailing, circus, tennis, golf. And it, it was great. Cause when we had like one or two kids, we participated in the lessons and 
didn't have to go back at adult time or wow uh, and you finally got out of mexico and you went to the bahamas i did so is eleuthera as beautiful as everyone tells me it is was yes okay yeah unfortunately i worked at the other two in bahamas i never got to that one but everyone i've ever met who worked there raves about you know, the beauty and how sad they were when it closed and the pink sand beaches so so it lives up to all that hype then right yeah it does and the bohemian people were amazing yeah oh yeah Oh yeah, I love the. I you know I miss Columbus Isles where I spent two and a half years of my life. So yeah, I miss uh, I miss the Bahamians uh, there for sure, for sure. Did you have any kind of culture shock at all from your? I mean, I guess even when you you did your first three weeks in um, in Watuco, was there any kind of were there a lot of Europeans at all? Or since you said you never really left country? Uh, no, it's actually a lot of North Americans because oh, okay. of uh, spring break. They. Uh, because in the states, uh, every week is a different March break around the, the states. Yeah. So we had people like from the East Coast all the way across to the West Coast at different times. There was some European, but like I said, at that time, it was mostly the Americans getting away for spring break. Okay. And it was a teen village with special programs at special times out of the year. It wasn't a full mini club at that time. So it was just uh, just teens? Yeah, but in March break, they went down to the younger ages. Oh, okay. And then as soon as the March break was over, it was back to a teen village. Did you, in your seven years, did you uh, were you always changing or did you specialize in a certain age group in the mini club? I uh, was pretty much an eight to 12 year old specialist. Oh boy. I yeah. did work all the ages, but 90% of the time I was with the older kids. And um and these, uh, I think, four stints you said you did at Extapa. Were you there for the holidays at all, like Christmas, New Year's? Uh, I was there for just after New Year's. Ooh, okay, so you, in January, so you dodged a couple of bullets there. Okay, and then I was there again for March break. All right, now in Eleuthera, how long did you spend at Eleuthera? One, like one full year. One full year. I. So, the only reason why I left Eleuthera was for my brother's wedding. Okay. So what was Christmas like in the Bahamas? Were you, um, was it hard Cold. for you working that day? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bahamas in the winter is uh, not so, not always warm, but was it, uh, so it's your first time away from home for Christmas, I guess? Yes, it was. Did it, uh, was it like any other day for you or was it rough? Did you miss your family? Um, I missed my family because Christmas and New Year's was uh, really a big time for family get-togethers for my family, but they all understood that I was loving what I was doing. So they were happy for me and they were in the snow and the snow in uh, Ottawa and you were on a beach. Right. So pretty much. And they were like, <laughs> okay. it's not fair, but if we understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good trade-off. <laughs> so now, now you're in your, you got a contract. So now the, uh, the choreographer is gunning for you. I imagine, right. The, uh, the animation, they're all lined up. Right. So did you, yeah, uh, I wanted to be in every show for some you, reason. You I did? just love being on stage. Yeah. Wow. All right. But did you like rehearsals? Well, I, I was used to seeing rehearsals done in Watuko. Mm -hmm. So like um, they would be doing rehearsals at like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. So you still wanted to do the so shows? Late arrivals. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, I'd be coming from the disco and watching them all rehearse because I didn't have to be in the show. Right. So I'm like, I'll party with the guests while you guys rehearse that's fine by me yeah yeah we'll, we'll learn that eight count yeah yeah that intricate eight count at 1 30 in the morning <laughs> and, five six seven eight <laughs> where do you want me to do again what yeah yeah pas de bourre what pas de bourre okay <laughs> did you learn some french while you were there 
I did. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't used it since I've left Club Med, so I can still understand as long as uh, the people are speaking slowly. But isn't, but once- there, isn't there a large or isn't there French speakers in Ottawa or, my, or, my, or is that a certain area of Ottawa? That, no, um, Ottawa is pretty bilingual because of the federal government being located here. And uh, we're right next to, to the border with Gadno and Hull. Okay. But for me personally, like in every job I've had, I've never had to use it. Okay. Oh, but yeah, because, uh, because I guess English is the official language of. Uh... Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right. Now you said you, you did learn a lot of skills there. You, you said water ski. What other uh, sports did you mention? Like golf? Golf, tennis. Did you have a favorite? Flying trapeze. One that you learned? Uh, flying trapeze is probably my favorite. I became a circus junkie on the side. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. Did you do the circus shows? I did. I, you couldn't stop me from doing them. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I tried it. I didn't, I didn't like hanging from my knees uh, upside down on a bar. I, I tried it, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> it was it wasn't, I, uh, wasn't com- comfortable for me. So. <laughs> the whole reason I got into trapeze was when I was in Watuco the first time. They had ruined me with the chief of circus, a gentleman by the name of Darwin. Ah, yes. And uh, so the first time I meet Darwin, he kind of looked like a biker, but a very thin biker. Okay. And uh, in Watuko, the rooms were only separated by a closet, movable closet. So technically he had two rooms as a chief of service and he had to share his room with me for those three weeks. And when I found out that he did the circus, I was like, okay, I no matter what, I have to try the circus because I don't want him to think that the new guy that he's sharing a room with is a, like a wimp or a coward or a circus snob. (laughs) Circus snob. And and so I go down to the circus on my free time and he's there sitting on the bench. I go up and the guy on the board uh, leans over to yells down to Darwin and says, uh, one hand or two hand take off. I turned my head to him. I'm like, two hands is fine, thanks. <laughs> yeah, isn't, it, isn't your first time supposed to be two hands? Or... <laughs> well, okay. I didn't know, right? It's my oh, first time. So. Okay. <laughs> so I take off off the board and I do this trapeze and I'm like, wow, that was a rush, right? And I come off the net and Darwin's like, I'm so glad you did that. I'm like, why are you glad? He goes, well, because you're my roommate. I said, well, that's part of the reason why I did it. I didn't want you to think your roommate was a wimp or a coward. And so we, it was funny. We, you know, we laughed it off. And I think it was like the, to the end of the first week I was there. We're all partying in the nightclub. Um, I come back to the room and he's got some friends there because he had one of the only TVs in the village at the time. Prize uh, possession to have. So they were catching up on like sports news and ESPN. And all of a sudden he goes, uh, I'm so glad I'm not out there competing with you. I'm like, what are you talking about competing? He goes, uh, when uh, you're out on the dance floor, all the women are checking you out. And now like I'm a shy 20 year old kid from Ottawa who's a bigger guy. You know, all the stereotypes that bigger guys, whatever. Right. So, and then two the girls in from the sports team that were there with the rest of the sports team go, yeah, he's right. Everybody's all the women are looking at you, checking you out. I said, well, that'd be nice, but they could come up and talk to me. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So like with him, like, uh, like boosting my confidence and whatever, 
really helped me come out of my shell, right? So, and like I said, doing the trapeze the first time was such a rush that I just fell in love with it. I uh, learned how to do the work, the board. I learned how to pull safety lines. I taught some of the uh, comedy numbers in the circus shows, always part of mini trampoline. Uh, learned how to do the Spanish web. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. You really, uh, you really got into that. I did. Yeah. Could have been, you could have became a circus geo with all that training. No, I couldn't fly or get into the catcher's trap. So. Okay. <laughs> was there a circus in Eleuthera at that time? Yes. Oh, there was. Okay. I see. Okay. So, so Darwin was your roommate in, um, Watuko, uh, right? Watuko, yeah. Oh, okay. Now who was your, who do you recall who your chief of village was in, in Eleuthera? My chief of village was Alain Frazon. Oh, okay. Not sure I know that name. Was he, um, has he, had he done a lot of seasons before that? Uh, in the European zone. Oh, okay. And I think uh, Luther was his first time in the North American zone, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that name. Okay. And uh, he was the chief the whole, your whole time in, uh, in Luther? Yes. Okay. Oh, cool. Now, I'm guessing you're the type of guy that then, if you love the shows and circus, you loved your crazy signs. So tell me, what were the crazy signs like in uh, 98, 99? What were you listening to in the Bahamas? Did you have a favorite? Uh, what was some of the good ones? Uh, tequila Boom Boom, you know. Tequi- like yeah, that. Tequila Boom Boom, <laughs> uh, Carnivalera. Oh, yeah, I love that one. Man, it's been so long that I've... Do you ever get? Do you ever hear a song in the in the grocery store that's that was played in Clement? And like I say, you have to physically restrain yourself from moving side to side and clapping. Does that ever happen to you? Or you hear a song that you associate with a village? Is that that, that happened to me in a nightclub actually? Oh really? <laughs> I uh, a friend of mine that came down au pair in Eleuthera when I came back home. We went out in the song. I forget what song it was, but it was one of the Latin ones, like Carnivalera or something like that. And I start doing the crazy signs and my buddy was like, dude, we're not in the club anymore. We're back home. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was at my, my niece's hockey game, which is, you know, if you ever see three or four year, five-year-olds playing hockey, it's brutal. Anyway, so they, they were trying to jazz up the, uh, the ambiance and every song that came on, there was actually an actual DJ there was a club ed song. And I said, okay, I, I, I can't take this anymore. I got to ask this guy. <laughs> So I walk up to him, but he's on like a second floor. I go, hey, you up there. Did you work at Club Ed? And he looks at me, puts, hangs his head down in shame and just starts nodding his head. You know, <laughs> like it's like I caught him or something, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you can't escape it. Right. When you hear those uh, when you hear those songs. Right. It's uh, it, it's just it's ingrained. You're, in you're, you're, yeah. Your body starts to go. Right. And people are <laughs> what's he doing? <laughs> Why is he convulsing like that? Yeah. Why are there people following him? <laughs> a cult <laughs> and i guess uh well you said you were shy you mentioned you were shy at the beginning of the interview so knowing you had to eat uh, meals like three times with guests was that uh, hard at first for you since, since not, seeing as how they were strangers everyone not that part like i wasn't shy that way it was just more i was shy because before i went there like being a bigger guy in ottawa like people criticized me right for being big and like i even had friends in college they were like dude, when you're dancing, people are looking at you like you shouldn't dance. And I'm like, that's not my issue. People want to stop and stare. Right. But being a young guy, like it kind of held me back. And then when I went to club men, nobody cared about me dancing. Right. And I've always loved to dance and have a good time. That's what I uh, miss about uh, 
Club Med, it was its own utopia. No, nobody cared about anything. There was no politics. Nobody cared if you're gay or straight. It was its own little, you know, utopia I found, you know. Yeah, did, bigger, did you find, small. Did you find that too? Yeah, like nobody. Different colors. It didn't matter. We were all just people working for a common goal, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I miss that actually uh, nowadays. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it was nice. You're in a bubble, it, you know. It's sad to say, but the slogan used to be life as it should be. And that is so true. Yes. And the antidote to civilization. Yeah. I like that one too. (laughs) All right. So summer rolls around at one point you're I guess you're in a Lutheran. It's July. It's July 14th. They're doing something called Bastille Day. Did you know what that was? (laughs) No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. So did you? Yeah. I didn't understand a thing when it was happening because, you know, you're from Canada. It's mainly Canadian history. We learn in high school. Right. So I didn't know you know, anything about Bastille Day and the prison and the revolution. So did, did you have, I guess you had big festivities and you were like, what the heck's going on? Or did you have that kind of a uh, moment? We had the big festivities. Yeah. And it was okay. Make sure you bring all the kids and the flower uh, bombs that you're going to throw at the people in the castle. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why are we doing that? No, just do it. Okay. <laughs> hey, anything for the kids to throw stuff at people. They yeah, were yeah. happy. Yeah, they don't have to know it's Bastille Day. It could be Bastille Day. It could be every day, right? <laughs> exactly. But were there any um, employees or managers or, you know, chief of service, anyone that stood out to you um, that time in Eleuth- uh, in Eleuthera that, like, you you looked up to in a positive way? Uh, my first uh, chief of mini club in Eleuthera, Christy Beaton, was uh, very uh, influential. Just her leadership style and the way she carried herself, right? She always presented herself like, how? what's the word I'm looking for? Like, no matter what the issue was, like, even, like, sometimes, like, a cake can go missing. She never let it show that, okay, there was a panic to fighting the kid. She was always cool, calm, and collective, no matter what the situation was. Okay. And I really admired that, especially like when you're dealing with kids and irate parents or afraid parents she just put everybody at ease were there any others i'm trying to think of the chief of services back then well Um, let me let me say you've given me a couple of funny stories now do you have a is there a funny funny uh, horror story that you have concerning Uh, like i'll maybe i'll tell you mine okay okay. and i was never in many club but i don't know if they did this in the american zone but i briefly i went to I did my au pair a couple of seasons after I had a contract. I did it the reverse. Anyway, I go to Italy. The, the, the resort's not open. I call up my old chief. I go to Metaponto. Metaponto is a massive village in Southern Italy. Around 3,000 guests. Mini club is humongous. And they have something called baby solo. Do you know what baby solo is? No. <laughs> okay. So I'm wondering. So you tell me if they've ever done this in the North American zone. If you have the misfortune of going by the reception during dinner, which I did because I was new, a, a very scared and harried uh, receptionist hangs, hands you a bell, like a ding dong, ding dong, and a sign that says baby solo. So what you have to do is go to every restaurant in the village, and there was like four or five, and you ring the bell and you hold up the sign. Now, what, what happens is, to back up a bit, uh, when the parents are eating, a lot of them keep their, the kids sleeping in the room. So a security guard on a bike goes round and round all the rooms. When he hears a baby crying, he writes down the room number on a pad, gives it to reception. So reception, <laughs> if you walk by, you're automatically given the, the bell and the sign with the room number. And you have to go and, and clang that bell until you find <laughs> that parent out of 3000. Okay. Have you ever heard of this before? <laughs> no. 
Okay, it sounds horrible, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it does actually. Okay, so there how many ha- parents would be freaking out? Like, well, everyone heads they- turn. Obviously, when you go, everyone's trained like Pavlovian dogs. When you walk in the restaurant, you ding all you know, six hundred parents' heads turn towards you, right? So, but so did they ever do this in the North American zone? Not to my knowledge. Okay, and yeah. thank God. Yeah, you like- <laughs> you quickly learn to avoid reception at all costs because the like I said, the resort is massive. It's not a small resort, right? And you have to go to everyone until you find that actual parent, right? So I mean, we had code words for missing children, right? Like or a certain phrase. So like if you went to another geo, like you'd tell them that code, right? And then you'd give them a description of what the child looks like, what they might be wearing. But yeah, nothing like that going to the restaurants and causing mass panic to all the so. well they're kind of they're kind of used to it like the italians are pretty laid back like they were fine leaving the kid in the locked in the room yeah Same that's thing, one thing i noticed about the europeans for sure like when it comes to like child care like they seem a lot more relaxed and reserved with like how how they deal with their children right like compared to north americans that are so nervous of leaving their kids with strangers and uh, people that they don't know right so yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah so i uh was just yeah i was curious if there was a baby solo in the north american so not that i know <laughs> of and i've never been a part of it so thank okay. god <laughs> did you meet any uh, celebrities at all during your time in clement i met a few i met really? uh gina lee nolan from uh, baywatch oh yeah wow where'd you meet her in extapa Okay. Uh, no, sorry. Was it Extapa or Luthra? Hey, if when you're meeting Gina Lee Nolan, does it really matter where in Mexico you're meeting her? You know, <laughs> she's pretty, she was pretty easy on, easy on the eyes, if I recall. <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, not that I watched it. My friends watched Baywatch. <laughs> for anyone listening, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who who was in that. <laughs> uh, I also met uh, Mario Van Peebles. Oh, really? Uh, New Jack Dan Patterson. Okay, who's Dan Patterson again? That He's means. the creator of Whose Line Is It Anyways? Oh, wow. Okay, that's random. All right. I also met uh, Jim Brewer. No, really? Oh, yeah. which which resort was that at? That was in Sandpiper. He came down with a radio station. Oh, really? They had a contest, and they came down with the winners that won the contest, and he performed uh, a couple of nights while he was there. He does the best Tracy Morgan impression I've ever heard. I mean, a lot of people do Tracy Morgan, but he's, it's uncanny, his Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I met some like uh, extreme sports stars. Oh, really? Wow. I met uh, Ty, 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 uh, Ty Chris or Ty Craig, I forget his last name, a uh, professional rollerblader. Uh, Matt Salerno, another professional rollerblader. Uh, I guess because that's when they got the, uh, the half pipe at Sandpiper, I guess. Yes. All right. So, so you said you did seven years. So what uh, can you, are you able to rattle off the villages you worked at? In order or just in general? No, it doesn't have to be in order because <laughs> we know already uh, Watuco, Extapa, and Eleuthera and Sandpiper. Was there uh, any uh, Guadalupe, Punta oh. Cana, Watuco, Extapa, Eleuthera, Sandpiper, Punta Cana, Guadalupe. I think that's all six. So, so when you're, when you're, uh, your year's coming to end in Eleuthera, did you make a request for like an official second season? Did you have to fill out a dream sheet or anything? I did. And uh, Watuko, I went back to Watuko actually for another year. And where was, and then I had a couple of outside American zone that I wanted to go to, but back then it was a little bit harder to get out. Wait, did you request, like you really wanted to go to Watuko? Yeah, I loved Watuko. Okay. 
I don't want to forget any story. Do you have any funny stories from any season? Like if you like, you can share. You know, obviously, clean and appropriate. But anything? Um... Yeah, this one. Is, I have kind of, well, there's two that I can tell you. Okay. So the first one is in Eleuthera. We have. Uh, well, you remember the picnic boats? Yes. Um, we had a family of twenty there on a family reunion. So they asked that I go with the snorkeling geo for their family picnic that they reserved. I'm like, okay, sure, no problem. And so we go and spend the whole day. We're on the way back, and thank God, all the kids were at the front of the boat. I'm at the back of the boat with some of the parents and grandparents. And the snorkeling geo goes, hey, we have a tradition here. I'm like, okay, what's that? He goes, we hang off the back of the boat, holding onto ropes, and the captain pulls us along for a bit. Yikes. I'm like, okay, no problem. I'll do it. Like, I'll try it. So we're going along. And then all of a sudden, I can just feel my bathing suit coming off. And I'm yelling over to my the snorkeling geo. I'm like, you better tell the captain to stop. Like, because I'm about to lose my bathing suit. And then I'm letting go. He's like, oh, we're not stopping. And he's laughing the whole way. And uh, so I finally, my bathing suit does let go. And I just grab it with my foot and I let go of the rope. And I pull my bathing suit up really quick, right? Because I'm, there's a family of 20 up there. And uh, as I'm getting on board the boat, I guess one of the sisters went and told the other sister that was at the front that she missed the show. She comes back and goes, oh, I heard I uh, missed a full moon. Can I get a repeat? I'm like, nope, not happening. And I kept walking. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Yikes. I'm just thinking of the security aspect, dragging, you know, people behind, behind the boat. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> well, look, luckily, yeah, uh, you didn't get run over. Okay. Or backed up on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was funny though. Like just the way she said it and she didn't miss a beat. I'm like, yeah. And I got to look at, at uh, you for the next four days. Yeah. This is going to be uh, awkward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then another one, I was doing the circus show. And I was dressed up as the catcher's mom in a 50s style dress. And I had bloomers underneath with a heart on the butt. So the whole thing is he's supposed to pull the skirt off and I'm left in the bloomer. Well, he missed the skirt and grabbed the bloomers. Yikes. Okay. Thank God I had a pair, two pair, a pair of boxes and a pair of shorts underneath just in case that did happen. All your stories end in you losing your pants. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to think this is on purpose, Jason. Okay. No, no, definitely not okay. on purpose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but again, so that was the end of that skit. After that, I was a male model and I was offering bar books to be caught. I was never okay. anybody's mom again. <laughs> All right. I don't ask this question often, but since you did about seven years in club, Ed, give me your all-time favorite best dumb question or your top three favorite dumb questions. Because as you know, uh, when people go on vacation, sometimes they leave something at, back at home. So was it, do you recall any of the dumb questions you were asked? <laughs> like, um, like, you know, what time is the 1130 water aerobics? Like, you know, I'm talking about questions al along that line. Water <laughs> well, no, that see that one I could see could be in the pool or the ocean. But do you yeah. do you uh, recall any any like that? Any questions? Yeah, can you tell me where uh, the flying trapeze is? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see that big structure over there with people flying on it. That's the yeah. flying trapeze. <laughs> what was some of the other ones? Uh, well, it was more personal, right? Like, do you have to eat with the guests all the time? Well, I'm here with you, right? Like, if I want to eat, I have to. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you like your job? Uh, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? girlfriend. That type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Are you allowed to be in couples? <laughs> Did you work in any resorts where was that was frowned upon? I'm not saying it wasn't you know not illegal but did you did, no it was any, never well was i guess never you, upon. well i guess you did mostly mini club villages so i guess it's usually uh, encouraged there right uh no actually it wasn't it, it we had the same guidelines as the single villages right we were all adults at the time if it was consensual and you know like nobody was like if you're in a couple you weren't just uh, you weren't supposed to broadcast it right because that's right <laughs> People are there to have a good time and not necessarily see you lovey-dovey with your girlfriend or boyfriend. So it was keep it quiet. Like, I mean, people figured out who was with who, but because there was some married couples, right? They had the wedding rings. And then obviously you have to say who you're married to, right? But other than that, it was encouraged. Like, if you want to hook up with another geo for the season, you could. I know a few friends that met their significant others there or met a GM there that they've ended up marrying. So that's right. Yeah. I know about three or four, um, you know, couples that are still together, actually it's probably more like four or five that, uh, and I'm talking, <clears throat> this was like 20 years ago. So they're still, still together. Going strong. That club med spirit. Yeah. All right. Of all the seasons you did, including, you know, your first stint as au pair, because that counts. Uh, was there any that were magical to you or do you not use that word? They're all special in their own way. No, I'd have to say being, Au pair in Watuga was probably the most special just because so many firsts happened there. Like it was my first time away from home, first time on a plane, first time visiting another country. And then so many other firsts too, like with all the sports, right? So for that reason, Watuga always sticks out in my mind. And then I'd have to say Eleuthera and Punta Cana seasons were probably the next ones. Because uh, Luther was the first time, like I was away for a year. And I knew I wasn't coming home in a couple of weeks. So a lot of adjustment there. And then Punta Cana is when I got to work with Hammer for, for the first time. It was one of my favorite chiefs of villages. Okay, so Hammer, Hammer was the chief. What year was, uh, year was that in Punta Cana? 2000 and 2001. Okay. All right. And now you did so many uh, weeks and months as an au pair. So when you first start, started getting paid in Eleuthera, did you still think you were au pair? <laughs> like, did, you, did you know what the salary was? <laughs> yeah, I was making $550 a month. Wow. Okay. That's a bit up from my time. I started at 450. So yeah, at least it's nice to hear it went up a bit. <laughs> well, that was Amer an American dollar, right? So since yes. the Canadian dollar is always so bad, when you got home, you could actually get a bit more. <laughs> well, if you, if you brought any home. Yes. Okay. So were you one of those, uh, were you one of those blacklist geos or did you come home with, or you just spent it all and had a great time? Didn't care. <laughs> I spent it all and had a great time. Okay. Like <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I use it on excursions, renting cars. Um, Who needs money? Okay. <laughs> out when we could, having a great time. All right. Am I forgetting to ask you before we go anything that you wanted to say? Am I forgetting to ask you something about any of your seasons? Uh, please Not that I'm aware of, brother. Uh, you've been uh, you've been so kind with your time here. So. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. I, I, like I, sure like I, I said to you, uh, I was honored when you asked me to be a part of it. Right, like. Yeah, like I told you, I was afraid you'd say no, so I'd be putting it off a bit. 
finally worked up the courage. So thanks for not letting me down. <laughs> no, not at all. Like again, but, thanks for asking. But again, you know, anyone uh, out there listening, no, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with hearing no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> a respectful no, Dora, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> but thanks, uh, thanks, Jason, for coming on. And, and don't don't hang up right away, okay? I want to uh, want to talk to you some more. So sure. everyone, uh, that was Mr. Jason from Ottawa, Canada. Thanks again, hey, Jason, for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. See you all next week. Bye.